Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Today, you are going to meet with Saikat Chakravarti, Director, Engineering for Mihap. And he also is a huge expert and continues to stay relevant in the AI, ML and computer vision enthusiast. In this conversation, Saikat talks about extremely being committed to your learning journey. Listen, a snippet of his thought. Uh, so I would say that uh, software is a very dynamic field. So, uh, you know, it is difficult to keep up uh, pace with uh, in our field, right? So it, it changes within span of months, not even years. So today, whatever technology you are using, a uh, few months down the line, it could be obsolete. You will hear his journey from being telecom engineer He's become a cloud engineer and now an AIML and he's running the, being part of the startup, which is building regionalization, vernacular, as well as contact center databases. And it's amazing to hear his commitment to learning and always not choosing the easy path. Listen on. Hi, Saikat. Welcome to Stories. Thank you for coming here. And, um, I know that you are one of the uh, CTOs or directors in my hub and uh, I am right. very interested to hear about the whole realm of conversational AI as well as the prompt engineering and how you yes. got into it. So uh, for our listeners, I could, uh, can you introduce yourself and your... Sure. So, uh, so Gayatri, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I truly appreciate uh, this opportunity. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, coming back to work, so uh, currently I am leading the tech team at Mihap. So I'm the director of engineering at Mihap, uh, to be precise about my role. Uh, I started off my career more than a decade back after completing my master's in computer science and engineering. And uh, fortunately, I would say uh, uh, at every point in my career, I have got uh, the scope to work on the latest things that was happening in the tech world at that point of time like say uh, when i started there was this uh, 4g wave that had begun in the telecom sector and i used to work on creating this 4g network backbone so i used to work on cre uh, creating the nodes and components that actually make up a 4g network and uh, from there uh, came a boom of cloud technologies aws azure all were coming in and uh, then gradually transitioned to cloud te technologies building uh, microservices learned how to scale them on cloud platforms and so on. And uh, now that I'm at uh, Mihap, which works on this very cool uh, kind of technology of conversational AI. So, you know, AI is something which is going to be and and in fact, it already is uh, an integral part, uh, part of our day to day lives. So at Mihap, I am grateful to work uh, with a group of visionaries 
who are leveraging AI to bridge this gap between man and machine. So our products for the contact center and the automotive sectors are actually executing this larger vision. And currently we are building this technology to, to kind of provide real-time assistance to call contact center executives and also facilitate 100% interaction analysis to derive actionable insights. So, uh, so we provide a host of things. So I've been working on uh, those things. So that's uh, about me in a nutshell. Wow. So you've used so many jargons now. So interaction, <laughs> uh, prompt, as well as conversational, as well as, right. uh, you know, the. let's start with uh, things which are which everybody is aware, right? Um, I know 5G is now common and uh, we are also using and able to make advantage of uh, 5G components and everything. Yes. So uh, yes. uh, start from there and say, uh, what got you started even before that maybe um, in software? What was uh, the initial reactions of using software? I know you are, we are all, uh, at least your generation is software uh, born. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, what got you excited about software? I think that, that will really uh, be great. Right. Right. So, uh, so uh, you know, we were from a generation where we saw Windows 98, right? At that point of time, so it was something over the top. And we used uh, floppy disks, which were 1.44 MB at that point of time. From there, we saw the journey, like uh, we went to CDs, DVDs, and uh, we had games like Mario. And now we play something like, say, Counter-Strike, which is GPU, which is having your GPUs uh, used in it and uh, a host of stuff. So this transition this evolution of the uh, uh, software industry, I would say, during my college days, that got me fascinated and I was always excited to work on something like this. So luckily, uh, just out, uh, just when I passed out, I got offers from, from a company where I got the scope to work on this 4G at that point of time. So that got me started and I never lost the inter interest uh, from thereafter. So that fueled uh, my rest of the, I would say, 10, 12, 15 years after that. So, uh, when you uh, say uh, you were in building component in 4G and 5G, are you talking about the over-the-top uh, applications or is it inside the, uh, you know, uh, LTE or the long, you know, uh, aspects of it? Yes, inside the LTE. So there are multiple nodes actually which uh, build up this in entire LTE network. So I used to work on that. So from there we transitioned. So I transitioned to cloud from there now to AI where at Mihap I am working on this interaction analysis part where we analyze calls between between the man, uh, between a contact center executive and a person. So uh, which is which goes on in an automated fashion. So that's the whole journey that uh, I've gone through sorry i know now you have to explain what conversational and uh, when you mean what do you mean by man and machine so i know when yes. when you when we talk about uh, earlier when we used to have ivr uh, we used to be able to press one two whatever and then we used to be able to yes. it used to get directed to the appropriate agent uh where they will right. have our information to that extent i think at that point in time we used to call the crm uh, the, so that extent they'll be able to say hi psychic and then um, they will have all the information at the history level, right? But are, right. how are we, uh, how is that aspect transitioned using AI as an engine? Right. So, uh, you know, so uh, 
so previously and even nowadays uh, the only medium so one of the mediums of talking to a machine is like either you type some commands or you click on something then it gets uh, initialized and then it works on its own but going forward and even today so we are using modes where we can talk to the machine right so we can we can talk to a machine like we do with a human being we can we can speak out commands and we have somebody someone else like some machine which is responding back to that so that is becoming a reality and that is going to be the norm uh, say two three years five years ten years down the line so there comes the importance of conversational ai so somebody has to analyze uh, these conversations and then uh, get back with the correct response to it somebody has to uh, so the machine has to understand what a human being wants to say and then get back with the correct response so that is what we refer to conversational ai so in our case what we do suppose uh, you know, in uh, contact centers, they take a huge amount of calls every day, a few hundreds of hours of calls are taken every day. And it is not possible for somebody to listen to those calls manually and check if something went wrong in that call, if the, if the customer was not happy in that call. So we analyze those calls and we come up with meaningful insights, like what happened in that call. So how can could have the customer experience been improved. So we come up with those kinds of insights. So that is what we do at the contact center end. And we also provide real-time uh, real prompts to our uh, agents so that they can make their conversation better with the customer. So that is one. We are also into the virtual agent part where uh, we actually, uh, so we sit at the car dashboard. And nowadays the high-end cars are having features like voice control voice commands right so user the driver can say some command like say turn on the ac so machine has to understand that first then take an action so that is what we refer to conversational ai uh, this is in addition to the chatbot that you're talking about right chatbot uh, are we uh, saying that chatbot is the conversational ai because there is a, a lot of uh, you know confusion in the market in terms of conversational ai, AI prompt engineering as well as the generative ai yes where is so, the, you know segment yeah. starting and where is it ending right so they have some amount of overlap between each one of them but the prompt engineering is, is something where you you uh, so as a person who who is interacting with generative ai you create some prompts you give the machine some prompts which helps it in a way to generate a response so how good you are in providing those prompts that is prompt engineering so when you talk about uh, generative ai it is so it could be a host of things so it could generate some uh, response for you like it does in chat gpt it could generate some images like there are some other uh, other models of ai which could generate an image which, which could uh, generate some kinds of sounds so everything uh, which uh, generates a response based on the user's query is kind of a generative AI. So that's the difference between those two. And conversational AI is more like, so when some uh, somebody is speaking to a machine, so how does the machine understand what the human being is, is uh, wanting to say? So that's what is conversational AI. I also, one of the things that I really uh, liked from your offering, Minihub's offering was uh, ability to uh, have regionalization or vernacular language support Absolutely. and uh, Absolutely. I mean, it, it sounds very simple right but uh, that is something that i found uh, very interesting uh, 
to bring yes. that sort of a language support uh, i mean uh, how how much are we able to say uh, yeah, while everybody talks in english but uh, if we have to reach to our every uh, person in the 1.4 billion people in india having that yes. language support i thought was very fascinating so talk to Absolutely. me about the background of the technology mm. that made it happen yes so there is a lot of a uh, uh, lot of uh, technology that has gone in on gone in to create this kind of a uh, support so you know when uh, people speak typically it is not only in in pure english uh, that they speak they use a mix of say hindi and english they use a mix of a vernacular language and english so there are tools which work very well well on english there are tools which work well on particular vernacular language but we have put in a lot of effort a lot of technology a lot of mindful things that have gone into uh, this ai platform which enables us to to kind of uh, to kind of give a higher amount of accuracy to give a whole kind of new level of accuracy to this uh, mixture of vernacular language and english so we have we have uh, done a lot of uh, data analysis we have done a lot of optimizations a lot of new things in the ai front which can identify such uh, uh, such i would say casual tone of conversation where a person is speaking in a mixture of vernacular language and english or any other language i would say two languages in it is it uh, do you have use open source for making this happen or uh, how i mean first i think if you can talk through the product evolution that will be really great yeah. so that way um, when a, um, being a startup right you will have a inside view of the inception on why it started and how it is evolved also you can share those uh, experiments and your stories there i think that would be really great right so uh, i would say uh, there is a bit of things that is open source but uh, it's not entirely open source because in open source you won't be able to co come out with all the all the kind of customizations that we need to support all these things so while uh, so we have patents for that which are uh, which we have filed and that is uh, uh that is pending so i can't uh, speak a lot about the technology right now but i would say that yes we use a part of open source we do some customizations on it we build a, our own architecture our own things on top of it we train it with uh, uh with uh, uh with some data which we have prepared over the years of experimentation with experimentation and uh, with evolution that data we have prepared that also helps in uh, in building the product that uh, is in a situation right now so uh, that's how we have built this engine which is able to understand this uh, conversation between two uh, two uh, between the man and the machine in any vernacular language that we support right now nice 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 very nice thank you for sharing that um, so uh, let me take a step back and say and uh, sh can you share your journey on actually how did you learn yourself the whole uh, you know uh, when you moved from uh, uh, cloud based technologies to uh, uh, this sort of a you know like technology how did you learn uh, how what was your journey like right so uh, so i had one philosophy always uh, like uh, i i chose places where i had uh, i had scope to learn 
so uh, like uh, when as i said when i first started i was working on 4g then i moved to cloud and then i moved to ai so it's uh, so unless you challenge yourself unless you give yourself a tough uh, challenge to compete with you, you won't bring out the best out of you so that's how actually i would say i learned ai so uh, specifically if i say so so you know it there is no shortcut so you have to you have to dedicate time i have gone through a lot of uh, blogs and researches and that way you learn you get to learn things but learning is not the end of it because you have to do hands on as well so unless uh, you get a scope to do that you won't be able to apply your learnings so that's why it is important you 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 work in a place which gives you the scope to work on that so you learn something on your own and then you get to apply it you get the responsibility you get the freedom to kind of experiment so then only you you can learn and i learned in the same way so i read something i got the opportunity to opportunity to experiment on it and that's how uh, it went on and now uh, so this transition has happened in that way lovely lovely i hope our listeners are taking notes on it because uh, what happens is uh, technology is i mean so rapidly changing um, right. if you uh, if you remember folks who are were in uh, working uh, in the mainframe world of it they said oh now i have to learn a new technology called open source and java or whatever right. that right uh, that was one phase of it and uh, if we had uh, passed that chasm uh, learning uh, a new way of you know setting up an environment it's no longer you know somebody else will do you have to do it yourself and doing a cloud and everything right and then now right. ability to train machines and right. understand the uh, you know by ins and outs of uh, systems i think that is uh, unless we apply ourselves and really uh, take that beginner's mindset that is going to be hard so uh, have, right, right. have you helped somebody else also go through this journey cycle and how has that been in terms of mentoring right so i would say uh, uh, so you uh, don't choose an easy path so choose the one that would challenge you these challenges will actually bring the best out of you automatically so don't take a shortcut so you know early in your career your entire focus has to be on learning because Uh, because that knowledge will propel that that knowledge would fuel the rest of the 20 25 years of your career so early in your career join a place where you feel you would be able to learn a lot just don't go by big names so uh, that you can brag about with your friends and family so every professional uh, needs something to succeed to succeed in his field like uh, let's Uh, if i talk about a wrestler so he would need muscle strength and technique to kind of excel in his field so in our field it is all about the technology that you get to learn so you gather more knowledge day in and day out and that's how you you would sustain yourself you would excel yourself in the rest of your, the career so I, i i say i would say don't take any shortcut just choose a place where you ha- always have some opportunity to le- to learn so that's how you prepare yourself that's the only way i think he not taking shortcuts and uh, taking people along in that learning journey i think uh, yes. that uh, that is very key in terms of taking it because we've always been good at group learning right as a society yes. uh, we are uh, we actually learn better that's why we have classes which have more than um, so many people and uh, 
by and large if you know somebody else is learnt and along with that i think that's going get, it gets that much easier uh, so uh, what next uh, saikat i think uh, for you as a person right what do you look forward to uh, i so nothing much so uh, so you know so i i am always keen to learn what is coming up uh, in our field so so uh, so so i i would say so learning is my mantra for success so i would uh, i i would continue to follow that so wherever we see there is some scope so we dig into that and try to experiment like uh, whether there is some scope of work on it whether how can we build it to build some new use cases so that's how we uh, we maintain it uh, at our end so that's how i i would say i would like to continue for the uh, coming years as well so uh, when you uh, uh, when you look at a time turner right we always they uh, when you talked about a floppy disk and how this is uh, you know evolved uh, how will you look at it let's say 15 years down the line 20 years down the line um, how do you think it's going to evolve there is lots of conversations around no code as a possibility yes yes there is, a, yes. <laughs> there is also this thing around you know a, creating a separate network blockchain powered network that is there yes. um, so lots of such uh, trends are going on How, which yes. mega trend do you think is going to really power us as we step into the next 10 15 years so i would see uh, so if i uh, if i have an opportunity to glimpse into the next 15 years i would say i think uh, it would be a mix of ai and medical science that is going to take it to the next level so we are so you know uh, there is one big challenge we which we have not yet overcome so that is uh, learning how our brain works so there is a lot of biotechnology there is a lot of medical science and uh, so uh, so uh, i would say combination of medical science and computer science based researches that are going on how we can reverse aging how we can how we can deal with the complex medical uh, problems that we don't have a solution yet i think ai ar vr and those things are and plus medical science is going to be on the next level in the coming 10 15 years so that's my personal feel about it but uh, so there is a lot of research that is uh, going on in that field and i find it truly uh, so uh, truly amazing so meta is where uh, uh, the whole uh, world is moving towards is that's your bet yes yes truly so uh, i hope uh, we are able to come up with something which uh, helps alleviate our problems that we face today so be it from reachability to the remotest part of the world medical reachability to the remotest part of the world to the complex medical diseases which we are not aware of even how 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 it happens so i think software ai uh so these can breach those gaps that we have right now very nicely put so uh, can you share some stories uh, where uh, in the recent uh, time um, you could not believe that ai was very helpful for you to take a call or take a you or your somebody whom you know had uh, used it for your real life application uh yes so you know uh, ai is good till now ai is good what uh, on what it has previously seen there is this gap uh, which is there in ai when it comes to that level of human intelligence which we have which 
a human can understand but ai cannot so that gap is always there so when you are communicating with any team member so somebody is sitting in front of you you want to gauge actually how he is thinking a human would be able to somehow predict like what he is thinking what uh, what are the responses he is going to give uh, next but that is still not the case with ai so so i think even uh, even today and it is going to take us some good number of more years on that kind of research where we would be able to truly understand uh, human interaction how would it uh, go so uh, that is still a gap that we see in ai true i think that um, how much ever the the body language part of it and the not so uh, subtle messages that is going to be hard for ai to pick up but um, sarcasm is there so you know uh, sarcasm is one of the most difficult things which uh, which is a challenge for ai right now so you know how would you so uh, you have said something okay uh, you have said something and the other person says it's good but uh, you don't know whether so a human knows whether it was sarcasm or whether it was truly a appreciation but ai won't right now yeah cool so tell me uh, one uh, you know one of the things that you would like to your the listeners to practice in their daily life any advice that you want to share uh, saika uh so i would say that uh, software is a very dynamic field so uh, you know it is difficult to keep up uh, pace with uh, in our field right so it it changes within span of months not even years so today whatever technology you are using a uh, few months down the line it could be obsolete so either you keep yourself updated or you risk going uh, uh, obsolete so that's why you need to learn you need to keep yourself updated so there's no there's no alternative to it you need to spend some amount of time every day to learn something new so you attend seminars on varied topics you attend you read blogs you go through youtube channels that are that talk about the future technologies so that's how you keep yourself updated on what are the things that are coming up next and unless you learn you you are at least at par with what is going on you would never learn that so you need to you need to keep your eyes open you need to dedicate time each day on what is going on in our world so that's how uh, so that would be my advice to uh any anyone uh, who belongs to our industry thank you and uh, i think that makes sense right in terms of uh, the rapid rapidity in which in which changes but if you keep yourself updated little by little on a daily basis the change will not look very huge it will right. look as if uh, it's attainable so it's not like right. if you have to uh, learn from a react js to an angular js or even an angular js to a unit test on angular js it may not be hard but if you want to completely uh, learn something brand new um, and uh, that becomes lot more harder um, right. so i i talking of learning right uh, j- just one um, i don't know if this is a question that is uh, comfortable for you to answer is uh, while software in india has been uh, primarily in uh, you know uh, pune bangalore chennai and hyderabad and some of these key locations i observe that you are out you are based out of kolkata and uh, yeah. how is the software scene in kolkata and how uh, how do you find it different uh, in kolkata 
so it's uh, i would say uh, there's no dearth of talent in here so there are good colleges good schools and uh, people are uh, so you have a lot of good uh, talent over here so opportunity wise you need we so it is not at uh, at the same uh, at in the same league with uh, mangalore uh, right now but uh, you know it is a bit different over here in terms of how the opportunities are but it is almost the same in terms of good talent so that is how uh, the scene is in kolkata right now and it is true with the same uh, it is true for other tier 2 cities tier 3 cities in uh, india as well because many companies are looking to looking to kind of capture this uh, talent pool that is there in tier 2 tier 3 cities in, and even in tier 1 cities but which are not uh, at par with bangalore chennai or gurgaon in terms of software uh, industry but there is a lot of good talent which is available there and people are looking to capture that thank you for sharing that saikat in fact uh, my view is uh, given the historically uh, the best of the brains are in uh, uh, the uh, are 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 from the bengal side of it so uh, it uh, suits my naturally to have that erudite view into software so i'm sure it's the future where software uh, is going to really deep root into for not just kolkata but also the tier 2 tier 3 cities also yes yes so, so uh, th- thank you so much for your time and i really really appreciate it saikat i love talking about your own journey in terms of learning uh, from telecom to um, ai ml models for today's uh, tomorrow's problem solving through ai and i also your own journey i loved it thank you so much for your time today thank you thank you thank you it was a pleasure we thank siddharth for the music and anita for promoting the software people stories if you like this episode please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network if you'd like to share your story contact us at podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com